What up, what up, what up? What's up? Nothing. Gotta work the computer. Hey, back in the game. Back in the game. game. We are still on vacation, but we're taking this time, like we said before, to share some of our favorite episodes from the Black Baddie Bad Bitch Podcast Brigade. The bees, of course, change, but that's our podcast collective, which includes our friends over at Bag Ladies Podcast, Inner Hall Uprising, Marsha's Plate, Queer Walk the Podcast, Honorable Mention, of course, to our homegirl Juju over at A Little Juju Podcast, and our extended podcast family. Who are we sharing this week, Queen? This week we are sharing Bag Ladies, an episode of Bag Ladies Podcast is what we're sharing this week. Yeah, so Bag Ladies is a podcast about baggage. Your baggage, my baggage, and Bag Ladies' baggage. So on their podcast, their goal has been to help each other and their listeners by pushing themselves to be vulnerable about the way that the world affects them and their ability to live their truest, most authentic lives. So Lena and Stephanie are two queer black Dominicans from the Bronx. In the early years of the podcast, shit would get mad personal. So they'd be talking about what baggage they're carrying, how it got there, how to let go of that shit, all that stuff. They still talk about baggage, but I think the show has evolved to like deep dives into global politics local politics electoral politics and otherwise it's just they dig into the shit that's happening like in the news they in other people's bags now yes before they yes. used to dig in their bags now they're like not nah, absolutely in your yeah absolutely so tell us who are lena and stephanie so stephanie the first host pronoun she her is a storyteller freelance audio producer bad bitch audio producer absolutely should add also an artist i actually have some of her artwork in my apartment really really cute and like all of us in the bbb wants to destroy the shit out of patriarchy because you know why why Um, and her goal is to one day use artwork and stories to bring light to issues and justice around the world i do want to add that stephanie loves horror i don't meet a lot of people who Mm -hmm. loves horror the way that stephanie does so i just wanted to make sure that i added that because that is a Mm -hmm. that's an interesting um quality and then there's lena lena's pronouns she they also from the Bronx, BX stand up because, you know. Gang, gang. Yes, exactly. But they live in Philly and they've lived there for about four years now. And Lena is a whole ass lawyer. like A whole entire attorney, yo. Whole ass attorney. Currently working in New York on civil rights impact litigation. I don't, I know what that is, but I don't know what that is. You know how it's mm-hmm. like when you know, you know those words, but like. Yes. You know, like that yes. sounds like some serious shit. It sounds, you know. It sounds very important. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a suit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a suit. Um, yes, it does. Oh, my gosh. I hate suits, but that's it's not about me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lena is also a, an aspiring writer. I'm going to take out aspiring. Lena, you are a writer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interested in social Facts. justice legal work. Avi, because she works in civil rights impact litigation. So that just makes sense. And just like the rest of the BBB, into radical activism, radical political activism, and all of that shit. That is her jam as well. And then when they're not doing the radical shit that we do, they're a book nerd too. So I'm saying too because I, I'm trying to be a book nerd again. So I'm just acting like mm. I'm reading as much as I used to before. But mm-hmm. I even was in a book club with Lena and Stephanie, and that was fun and really cute when we read that book together nice yeah they're still doing book club stuff actually on their patreon yeah Yeah, if you're on the bag ladies patreon they're doing a book club there and uh, stephanie be writing i think both of them do think pieces on on the patreon every fucking is it monthly is it week it feels i think it was weekly for a minute be a whole entire like thoughtful ass that's why i said writer essay that inspiring shit no you're fucking doing it they're writers they do all the things they are also both nerdy they're also both quite nerdy i think the bbb is actually full of nerds any kind of nerd there's one of them in the bbb i don't know why i don't know why queen is so pressed (laughs) 
to talk about except for her. We all been listening to her on this podcast, and we know she's a fucking nerd, but whatever. Whatever. Uh, the BBB is full of nerds, <laughs> and Lena and Stephanie definitely embody that shit. So let's talk about some of the dynamics of the podcast. Yeah. So one of the things that I do enjoy about the dynamic is that they're childhood friends. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they say deep cut things <laughs> that like. They've been friends since like kids, um, but it's yeah, not they so have a deep. Shorthand. Yeah, but it's not so deep cut that you like don't have any idea what they're like talking mm-hmm. about. But I do like that, so they have that going on. And I also find it interesting because they be knowing like about laws and like they know things, yo. <laughs> they know things. Like some shit will pop up in fucking global news or some shit yeah. and like in the next week by the next week yeah. they will fucking have a whole all the information yes. on what's happening the history of what went down in that country like all of that shit yeah, so i really do, do feel like global perspective th- of like yeah, systemic shit definitely yeah. and they, right so they take like all of that dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism they take all of that shit and apply it to like what's happening around the world yeah. and do a really good breakdown of that so yeah. i would say of all of the BB be like that's the shit that they frequently get into Mm -hmm. and so when i'm thinking about okay well who am i voting for i'd be like who who even is running bag ladies knows like what they probably talk to the candidate like they've interviewed they've interviewed mad politicians yeah 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 so they stay on top of that shit for sure i think that all of our podcasts cover politics in one way or another but i think that they are the most electoral college electoral electoral (laughs) politics ass niggas and it's not because they necessarily think that that is the best avenue or best road to take when it comes to like political shit or dismantling the system or shit. I, I do know that they did a really good push in terms of like making sure you know who your fucking local officials are. Yeah, like they, they stay on top of mm-hmm. that shit for sure. But um but anyway, yeah, they're just really well versed in that shit and they do the work to stay informed in those ways or whatever. And I really admire that shit. So that's what I usually look to them yeah. for. Yeah. Do you remember when you first started listening to their podcast? I don't it just happened i don't know like i know you told me about them because you are Mm -hmm. you always find shit i'm not really Mm -hmm. a finder well i do find things obviously but you're right as far as podcasts is concerned you're Mm -hmm. usually introducing me to one i don't know it's like they just spring up in our lives i don't (laughs) (laughs) i think i think I really can't even say. I just remember that I listened to their podcast and I was like, oh, yeah, I fuck with them. Like, that was how, mm-hmm. that's what it was. And then so it just spawned from there as far as I was concerned because we were still in this point where, like, I loved finding new and other black podcasters and just knowing that these two were from the Bronx. We have similar politics. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, gang, gang. And so it kind of spawned from there. But I wish I could remember how I started listening to their podcast in particular. You mentioned before that they had been on Dap's podcast. Yeah. But I'm trying to think. That's what sounds like the most logical thing. Back from when they had the old logo, like back in the day. Right, because that's what I think happened. I think I heard them on Dap's podcast because I think I was listening to Dap. What was the name of Dap's podcast? Do you remember? I don't. Hey, Dap. I was listening to that. (laughs) Hey, Dap. I was listening to that regularly that's what i think happened uh-huh i think that's the that's the thing that makes the most sense to me is that i listen to them on dab's podcast but anyway <laughs> anyway and i listen to hundreds of podcasts hundreds of thousands of whatever fucking podcasts do. so i listened to them and it was like oh okay i fuck with them not that i didn't necessarily fuck with anybody else but you know how you listen to some people and it's like okay these are my kind of people Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so it was like that that was the vibe and then from there they came to our first yeah our first First pod in live nyc yeah and then it was gang gang flight yeah so that's how that happened why do you love bag ladies podcast so obviously the things we discussed like they keep Mm -hmm. us up to date with electoral politics with especially us being new yorkers too there are people that they bring up in a local politics i'm like oh i'm supposed to know this person <laughs> right 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 we be oh, in the shit. chat like yo who y'all voting for They're like ah, we had so-and-so on the podcast maybe then i'm like oh that's who that was <laughs> that's what y'all was doing that's what y'all was talking about 
out. Yeah. Oh, God, exactly. So there's that. I love uh, Stephanie is a stand-up comedian on a podcast. Like, Facts. Uh, Stephanie is hilarious. I really, really enjoy just hearing. And it's not even like, she's not going on like, I'm going to say a joke. Like, she's just naturally mm-hmm. fucking funny. Like, it just flows out of her. And I love that about Stephanie. I also love the way that out of nowhere... Lena is just ready to beat anybody's ass for the, to the white <laughs> me at any at any fucking time. But then it's in a calm, listen a calm demeanor. Like they don't like they. You know, me and Jay would get to cursing motherfuckers out left, mm-hmm. right, getting loud in the mic and stuff. It was still like maybe the how loud I am now is probably the loudest because that's mm-hmm. they don't. But Lena in this voice will let anybody who is fucking with Black Joy know that she will beat yeah. you. To the motherfucking white Lena mixer. is a haunting ass nigga. <laughs> Just haunting, silently yes! menacing. She will murder you. I feel like she has already planned like way yeah. to get away with murder. Like definitely, yeah. if it hasn't already happened. <laughs> she is a lawyer. Facts. Like facts. Like you know. So I do enjoy that. And then also, this isn't about the con. Like I'm specifically about what they talk about. But I like how mm-hmm. I guess efficient. Like they do a lot in mm-hmm. their episodes, and their episodes are usually between thirty minutes to forty five minutes. Yes. And I'm just like kind of in awe and impressed about how much they're they able get to done. do. Yeah. With that, it's just like wow. Like they just like. It's like mad intention and I guess and how mm-hmm. they produce and what they cut out because it's like, you know, this is probably distracting from, I don't know. Yeah, They're, they stay on topic yes. and you'll be three minutes into an episode and they already covered a whole fucking topic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? you like three minutes, you in it already. Like niggas is not doing introductions no more. You are in the episode. They get fucking to it. And I think I appreciate that and like different people appreciate different lengths of podcasts. Mm-hmm. If you are like a give me 30 minutes, give me 45 minutes ass nigga, like this this is your shit. Yeah. You will get something political out of that shit. And yeah, efficient as fuck, as yo. Fuck. I remember one of the episodes we did with them and I was just listening to all the shit they cut out and I was like, "You know what? We did not need that." <laughs> You're <laughs> that right. That's how you edit yeah, yeah. a fucking podcast, yo. That just yeah. a suggestion. Edit your podcast, everyone. Okay? Edit your podcast, all Word. right? Yes, Edit some of edit just, be, just be talking. Yeah, about. and hey, listen, we've done that before. Yeah, I, that if I had to, we're just we're saying we're talking was. to you. We're, we're telling you about double, our past. early double digits. Yes, we're yes. telling you about yes. our, where we've come from. We we've, we've made the mistakes, so you don't have to edit, edit. your fucking podcast. Yeah, edit. they are they are master editors over yes. there. Mm-hmm. They're definitely master yeah. editors. So shout out for that for sure. Yeah. What do you love about bag ladies? I, in addition to the efficiency. <laughs> I really like the ways in which in some of the earlier episodes they were really vulnerable mm-hmm. and really breaking down things that were challenging in terms of like their mental health yeah. and all of that shit mm-hmm. and being like really transparent. I've enjoyed watching the evolution from like being intimately personally vulnerable to like how you said like getting into everybody else's bag and like okay if we really want to dismantle the system let's focus on these local politics let's focus on these local elections let's get actually the information of what's happening on the ground with this story like they they cover news stories you know what I'm saying they cover news stories and get down to the bottom of what the fuck is happening you give them 45 minutes they'll (laughs) give you the world Okay, I don't know if y'all had this shit elsewhere, but in New York, we have 10-10 wins, and that's their, that's their slogan. You give us 10 minutes, we'll, we'll give, give you the, the world. world. It's more like 20. They do it in like 21 minutes. If, if you know, if you listen to 10-10 wins, if that's your shit, you you'll know. get everything that's happening in 20 minutes. Occasionally, I would say every 40 minutes, it's a little bit of racism, but outside of that, <laughs> you're golden. Outside of that, you're good. Okay, like no racism, don't let no racism on bag ladies. They don't. No, no racism yeah. on bag ladies. But just don't let 10 something 10. happen to a rapper, yo. Ten ten wins will be like they'll put a fucking ten ten wins. Actually, you know how Wendy Williams doesn't care who died. She'd be like, look oh, at their shoes, look at their that. outfit. They They're dead. If it, <laughs> yeah, if it comes to like, I remember one time they did some some rapper was murdered. This was years ago. Some rapper was murdered and they put it into some funny pun. I was like, what Whoa. in the fucking anti-blackness is happening here? Yeah, yeah they're, Get they're your terrible, news from bag ladies. <laughs> get, just get your news from bag ladies. Just get it there. But yeah, yo, if you give them the time, they will fucking, they will cover what yep, you need to get covered cover or whatever. So I really love that. I love that they're funny. I love that they're from the Bronx. 
I love that in the universe of podcasts, and this is like, this is with anything, when you see Latinx podcasts being highlighted, it's very rare that they highlight Black Latinx folks, Afro-Latinx folks. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That is a... It's an unfortunately rare thing. And uh, these are black Latinx folks who should be highlighted, who should be included on All your fucking Latinx podcast list. Like yes. it's 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 interesting that podcasts are an audio medium. You know what I'm saying? And it that is. this yes. in this audio medium, Latinx folks are still supposed to look Italian. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's just it's been interesting to observe that as black people who are not Latinx, like looking at other black people being marginalized or treated a certain way within a quote unquote their own community. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's been interesting. And that community where you don't even see them. Like you said, it's an audio medium and y'all are still like, no. And we're still managing, (laughs) right, to exclude these people because they're black. So that's been interesting to watch. But they're out here. They're out here. They're fucking dope. You know, they kind of had a billboard, big ass billboard in L.A. and all that. They had a whole huge Spotify billboard in L.A. Because they out here. Okay. We gotta talk about that on the fucking work trip. Oh, I know the tea. I'll tell you later. Oh, okay. Yeah, tell me the tea. Y'all. I don't know how I managed to. I don't know how I did we... the, how I managed not to tell you the tea. Yeah, maybe you did tell me and I forgot because I've been going through trauma. Anyway, that's not what this is about. <laughs> This possible you told me and I forgot. But anyway, all right. So this episode that we're sharing today, this episode of Bag Ladies is actually an episode where they had me on, they had a cool on, and they did an all baggage all the time episode on being demisexual. So as Stephanie, who we said is one of the hosts of Bag Ladies podcast, identifies as demisexual. I identify as demisexual. The homie Akua of Inner Uprising identifies as demisexual. Demi gang. And so Yep, Demi Gang. So they did an all baggage all the time episode on what is that shit? What does it mean? What's the experience like? And we kind of had this roundtable conversation on demisexuality. And yeah, I've never been a part of no shit like that before because I'm, again, didn't know what that shit meant until my 30s or what that even was. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool to talk to other people who shared this experience. So they assembled the BBB Demi Squad. And yeah, we shared our journeys in figuring out the label the misconceptions and what it means to navigate this part of our identity as black women so that was a really dope conversation and yeah that's the type of shit that they do yo that's the type of shit when they're not covering politics deeply or whatever like they're doing like shit like this like what's the conversation that needs to be had they will fucking have it. Yeah. So And in this one it was kinda in their bag because it's Stephanie is Demi, so they were, you know, mm-hmm. talking about their things. So there's still a little bit of them being in their bags and doing Facts. all of that stuff. But when I listened to that episode, I learned so much because I'm so I don't even know if there's a I don't know how that works, but whatever is Demi, I'm the opposite. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I want to fuck you first. Then I might right. but if <laughs> I'm the opposite. So Got I it. I it's I've been learning watching mm-hmm. you guys honestly, but that episodes for me. We've had within the BBB different episodes talking about demisexuality right. and exploring it, but here and I got three demi people talk about it to the extent that you guys did. I was just like, mm-hmm. "Wow. This is like Wow, they're kind of talking about the ways that people try to pass off demisexuality as, as something. Now, right. it was just nice to just hear all of y'all talk about it. I even recommended this episode to my friend. His partner was like, oh, I think I'm demi. I'm like, well, maybe they should listen to this. Mm. And then they broke up, so it doesn't matter anymore. But I was like, maybe you should send this. <laughs> this episode to him, and maybe that might help him get some language. Because the language also, you know, when you Google it, it's always something that's just like, this don't sound like what is right. this? And I feel like the way that you, Akua, and Stephanie kind of just like spelled it out was just like, oh, I get this. I, like, I understand. Oh, okay. Now I could mm-hmm. be like, I think you're demisexual to somebody like confidently right. I, versus like, oh, you, you, you're weird. Because that's what I used to think before. Right. Like, okay, mm-hmm. weird. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Now, <laughs> now yeah, yeah, it was really helpful. And it was really helpful to have that conversation with people who have that same lived experience. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And talk about things like things that, you know, I just remember as Stephanie 
talked about some of her experience in college and I was like, oh shit, oh, that was my that, experience in college. Yeah, yeah, so it was like, it was nice wow. To, it was nice to hear So that it. was really, really cool. So I enjoyed that a lot. So definitely check out this episode. Enjoy it. Be sure to follow Bag Ladies Podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to Bag Ladies Podcast. Subscribe, follow, all of that good shit. On social media, be sure to follow them on Instagram at BG Ladies and that's B-G-L-A-D-I-E-Z. So again, their podcast is Bag Ladies with a z at the end and you can follow them on twitter at bag underscore ladies again that's ladies with a z at the end on twitter that twitter be popping it do be popping they're they're good at social media as well yeah no their twitter and instagram be popping their patreon their be popping they put a lot of work into the content on their patreon i really admire that shit so if you start listening definitely support them on the patreon their patreon be popping and yeah enjoy the episode we'll talk to y'all soon Hey everyone, welcome to Bag Days, the podcast where we help you, help us, help you, help us, help you with your baggage. My name is Stephanie. And my name is Lena, and welcome to our show. Hello, hi everybody. This is a special edition of the show, an all baggage all the time episode, so that means we have some very, very special guests with us today. Uh, and we are going to be talking about all things demisexual. So please, King, um, Jay and Akua, can y'all introduce yourselves for the people? Hi, my name is Jay or Janicia. Um, one half of Tea with Queen and Jay podcast. And Akua pronouns she and her one fourth of the In a Whole Uprising podcast. Oh, I forgot my pronouns. I forgot my pronoun. I'm she, she, they, and not a lady. That's a separate, separate thing. But we want to thank y'all so much for coming to coming to be on the show with us. And I'm just really excited because. You know, this is like the demisexual squad up in here. In case y'all didn't know, the trifecta of the demis is <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie J and Akua. Um, and so I'm excited to learn more and hear about y'all experiences with the label of demisexuality and have this bomb conversation. Yeah, again, we are so excited to have you. I, 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 I've been like, oh man, we need to have like a conversation about it. Like, let this be a resource for folks to like be like, oh, wait, what? I know there are times that, you know, like we all talked about it, we mentioned it, but I wanted to have like this deep, you know, conversation about it because, you know, coming to uh, the term demisexual made my life so much easier of how to navigate spaces. So I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. All right. You know? It was very, it was giving broken pussy before, and now yes. I, I have some direction now. I have some direction. <laughs> I'm dead because that's exactly what Stephanie was saying before. Yeah. Before we started recording, she was like, it's not my fault if it don't work. Mm-hmm. Like, what you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I was like, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. But I'm glad that we're talking about it. <laughs> because that was the yeah, vibe. As a, as a person with a pussy, for me, it was definitely, definitely giving bro- broken pussy. And learning that, like, oh, my... My pussy is like it's not broken like I used to just describe it as oh I don't really like people I just don't like people or whatever but having an understanding that like it's not just me there's a framework for this other people experience this there's a way I can explain this to other people has been really dope so you know it was and I I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead but I always remember hearing Jay say I don't like people and I'm like yo I know what she means like I don't be like (laughs) like I don't like people and like no one would understand what I meant by that because I was in a long-term relationship with my son's father and I would always always say I love him but I don't like him and they're like what do you mean I'm like I don't like that I mean I don't like him now for different reasons but like I just there was no romantic attraction with that like I just was like I mean we've known each other for about a decade he's cool I care I care for him wish him well but I don't like that like <laughs> yeah it's funny now because i'll see facebook will give me a reminder of some shit that I said five years ago and it'll be like I just don't like people they're ugly <laughs> they're ugly and they're gross every now and then something like that'll come up because you know especially when when you have no framework it's something i'm kind of like trying to figure out no one else gets it so it's like this is where i'm gonna put it right. so it's, it's nice now to look and be like right because you're demisexual yeah you'd be like oh well duh this makes sense now okay right because before right because you know the world the, the world loves to gaslight us od like nah that's not right you'd be like nah but yeah Y'all just funny. Y'all people, y'all do funny stuff, and I don't like it. I'm not trying to fuck with it right now. 
I think we should start off for folks who may not know what demisexual means. I'm going to give out like a term and a definition. I want to ask like, what's your definition too? So demisexual people can feel sexual attraction to someone when they have an emotional bond with that person. They can be gay, straight, bisexual, pansexual, and may have and can have any gender identity. So when we talk about, but also like there's some like, and we're going to talk about like misconception. I think sometimes people feel like uh, there is like you need to have like this emotional bond, like it's you for me for life. This is it. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not it either. I just like relationships, but a lot of Demi people may not like relationships and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That all comes under the umbrella. But I wanted to ask, what is your definition of demisexual? So when I explain it to people, it's really very basic. It's, you know, that I don't have an innate desire to have sex with you, to allow you to put your genitals near mine until I feel like I like you. I fuck with that. I like that. Um, when I first heard the definition, I heard it in this very like absolute kind of term. Like you only like people in this instance and you have to have this and you have to do that. And I didn't connect with it because in my head I was like, okay, well, sometimes this and sometimes that. Um, and so as I heard more about it, it made it easier to say, oh no, I actually do connect with this. It's just sometimes, you know, I think most of us, our sexuality and the way that we move is on some kind of spectrum. And I think that demisexuality can also exist on a spectrum. So for me, hearing it, hearing from people who actually have experienced this in the same way that I have or in a little bit of a different way has been more helpful than hearing like a definition of it. You know what I'm saying? Because when I hear people talk about it, then it's like, oh, yes, that's exactly how I feel most of the time, you know, but. Yeah, every now and then, some kind of out of this world, Adonis-looking ass nigga will show up somewhere, and I'll be like, okay, I feel things. I feel things places. But that's a very, yeah, that's a very rare feeling for me to see a masculine person and be like, ooh, I just don't, unless I know Even if they're an Adonis-looking, you know, type of person, it piques my physical attraction that piques my interest, but there's nothing percolating. Like, there's just nothing. Like, it's like, oh, you cute enough to try to get to know, but I, like, that's it. Like, nothing is percolating, nothing is tingling. It's like, oh, you know, they're cute. Okay, let me see. Well, we could have like two feet between us. That was pre-COVID. Uh, it's still six feet now. <laughs> but, you know, we could be a little bit close. You could share my personal space and I can, you know, engage you. But it just makes me interested to want to engage you. That's all. I... It feels, it feels, it feels like home here because <laughs> it has, it has yes. a, a lot of the things. And I think when you first read like about like demisexual in the term, it feels like, oh, you have to have this emotional, this bond. And I, I think when people think about demisexual, I think sometimes they think it's like this moral choice. Like I have to get to know you to fall in right. love. And for me, I'm yes. like, no, no, is that it don't work. It Mm-hmm. I, I will sit there and be like, hmm, it's not working. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people don't understand that. They feel like, no, but like, I also have to have an emotional connection before. I'm like, right, but that's a choice. I, my body don't yeah. want to go. It just says, they're like, oh, what are we doing? Are we reading a book? Okay. Like, what are we going to? So. Yeah, people have tried to turn it off, I think, for, for a lot of people into like exactly what you said, this moral high ground of like, well, that's the way you should connect with people. That's how you should get to know people. That's the better way to make connections when it's like, really, honestly, I would enjoy being able to make more frequent connections with strangers because that's really how you meet people is they're fucking strangers first that it would be nice to do that. And then. I could have a choice later and say, oh, okay, well, you know, do I want to build something? Do I want to whatever? But it is really, I need to form some sort of common ground with you. And I think that sometimes the language um, confuses people because it's like, oh, emotional connection. But it's like, nah, I really just need a common ground. Like, even if, even if I have been, I have had the capacity for like, a brief connection or one night stand or whatever, but we've already had, I don't really do small talk. So we've already had extensive conversation at the bar or whatever. And we've established like common ground, you know what I'm saying? And so that, and that's not frequent, but when it happens, it's because I was able to establish some sort of common ground with this person. Or I've had a one night stand with somebody who we had been establishing common ground via social media or via, you know, Tinder messaging, texting back and forth or whatever before meeting. And so when I meet you, yeah, I just met you, but we've been building a digital relationship for a long time, you know? So 
it's um it's hard i think when it comes to anything that's outside of um straightness i think cis straightness i think it's hard for a lot of people to think outside of those boxes everybody wants to compare something to something that they already know or that they already understand and that can be challenging when you're talking to other people about it it feels really good to have these type of conversations i think sometimes people will be like oh um because I also want to say, like, just because you're a demisex does not mean that you, like, your sex capacity is, like, lower than others. It could be. And sometimes it's not. Like, people have super, like, like high drives that want sex, right? But it has nothing to do with the demisexual. The way people frame demisexual. Like, it's like, no. Like, I have definitely had, like, romantic partnerships. And I had, like, partnerships that we were just having sex, right? And, like, there's a world that this all fits under this umbrella. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just feeling like, because I've just... I've, I'm glad that it's a collective of broken pussy because like I just felt <laughs> it was a very lone, a lonely experience when you're like, cause it's hard when you're like, people are like, oh, like, yeah, I want to get, like, I want to get with them. or I want to get with him. I want to get with her. I'd be like, they are attractive. I agree. I'm not sure if I want to have sex with them tonight, but mm-hmm. I will love a date. Maybe, maybe we could get to know each other. I would like that. That's something that I, <laughs> I, 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 I will like, I will like that. You know what? It made me think about how growing up when we were like when we would be growing when we were growing up and we would talk about like crushes that we had on people or people we wanted to date. And Stephanie was always like whenever we would talk about any crush that she had or she was like, I love his personality. Like, I just love how they are. They like they really like this activity. And like I talked to them about it and we had like a great conversation about like everything was always and we would be like, OK, girl, I guess. <laughs> yeah. like, because we didn't even like it didn't but like it made sense when when you were like oh yeah like the word demisexual like that's me that makes sense i was like but that's what it is that makes sense because ever since we was kids people be like but is he cute and you'd be like it don't matter that he's cute he's cute to me i love his personality like (laughs) i would just take other people's words for it so like in junior high school elementary school they'd be like oh that guy is cute he likes you. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. All right. I guess that could be my boyfriend since that's what y'all do. Yeah. Like, I guess, you know? And then because for me, I, I really, if we establish common ground and you're good to me, it's like, okay, cool. We're, we're in a thing. This is a thing now. You know what I mean? But it was, it would be rare a lot of the time, unless I had common ground for with someone, it would be rare for me to recognize like, oh, this is like an attractive person that I should connect with or whatever you know so i found myself especially like in childhood i don't think i had many crushes i would find myself in these full relationships because someone liked me and i was like sure um and that actually extended well into my 20s just kind of being in relationships because the other person pursued me and had interest and i'm like all right we'll try it out i guess i'll i'll see where it goes but i did have this one crush on this boy from like first grade to fifth grade and it literally was because he did like and i don't know if this is the cancer in me but like he probably handed me a handkerchief that i like uh dropped (laughs) and said something nice to me because kids were flipping you know mean and rude when you were a dark-skinned black girl so he probably he did something as you know simple as showing me kindness and we were then in love like i was like this is my man and i will fight you behind him and like that from from seven to like 10 <laughs> but that was the only crush i had and that common ground was that you know he smiled at me and he showed me kindness when other people didn't um but other than that i didn't have many crushes i was like he think he's cute cool he is i guess <laughs> nice mm, got it yeah so what was the moment that the term demisexual came on your radar like when did you first hear about it how did this word come into your life um, so I came into the term because of you guys, because of you, Jay, and because of you and Stephanie. Before that, I was just out here like, I guess. I mean, and no clue, nothing. And I would hear you guys talk about it. And I wouldn't do any research. I would literally say to my co-host, I'm going to hit up a Stephanie or Jay and talk to them more about it. Then never would because I suck at initiating conversations. So <laughs> it wasn't until we had a Stephanie on the podcast, we did a live show, we had a Stephanie on the podcast talking about it, where I could finally, you know, have this conversation with her and um, flesh it out where I was like, aha, it does fit for me. I knew it. I was just waiting for this conversation. It always sounded good, but I just never, I never did it. I, I just never moved forward with it. <laughs> So that's how I came into the term and it has resonated and sat with me since. 
Yeah, I agree. Like I said, I had heard it on a podcast before and it was a very, it was very black or white. Um, and I think it was because, you know, they were just exploring what this concept is that neither one of them had really experienced in real time, which is totally fine. But it didn't, it wasn't, I heard it. I was like, that sounds like something that I could connect to, but also I don't have time for this. Usually things that sound <laughs> like absolute or whatever, I was like, this sounds like some shit that I'm gonna have to fucking explore. I'm gonna have to get jumped into this community. <laughs> and I, life is hard enough. I'm a black woman already. I don't have time for this extra shit. And then when I heard of Stephanie talk about it, um, that's when I did, I did more research. And even still to me in the definitions, because definitions, you know, it's, it's supposed to, they can be so clinical. They can be so like black or white. It was still like, nah, but hearing other people talk about their experience with it l left room for me to feel like, okay, this is actually like what I'm experiencing. And it felt good to be able to put a name to what I was going through. I'm a little bit older than all of you. And so like going as long as I did in life, just thinking, oh, I don't, I don't like really like people. It was really hard to be able to, um, to add context to like what this meant. Even once you're in, for me as a demisexual, once I'm in a relationship or once I'm in a connection or any kind of romantic situation with somebody, if for whatever reason we lose common ground, it's very hard to reconnect with that person. Cause I wasn't really here because you're so hot and cute and all that shit. Anyway, I'm here because we have common ground and maybe you're cute, but maybe we just have enough common ground that makes this work for me as a demisexual. And when you stop talking to me nice or when you stop banging with me, even if you're sorry later, it can make it very difficult for us to find common ground again. You know what I'm saying? So it's understanding that like, that's what's happening to me and that's why I'm feeling this way. And that's why dating in certain constructs has been challenging. It really helped and it was affirming to be like, no, you don't have a broken pussy. You are like, you just date different and you just move different than a lot of other people. I also wanted to throw in about like, I think when we talk about these terms and when we think about this language in academia, um, you know, a lot of it is like, it started from like homophobia, right? So like when we look at these terms and we look at like, like clinical definitions, like a lot of that shit is just toxic as fuck. When, when I looked for when today, when I looked up what demisexual meant, it wasn't what I looked up like two years ago, right? And that was just two years ago, right? I saw that they're just, they're talking more about this like spectrum. It feels like, and I think this is like homophobia and like, you know, the idea of like, you know, straightness, like you have to be this thing. If you gay, that's it, you gay, that's it. Nothing else. You can't be nothing else, but you gay, you gay. You be like, all right, one, stop yelling. I'm <laughs> it's not like, damn. But like because is this is this fear? Is this fear? Is this homophobia of people always constantly like you need to pick? I'm like, I need to fucking live. All right. I need to go home and go to bed and wake up in the next day and live my life. I don't gotta do nothing. So like I think when we kind of like try to find like not I think when we try to like humanize this, like kind of like put this into our experience, it feels like kind of weird because you're like, yeah, no, that that's me, but I don't like the way y'all quoting it like that. That's not the you hitting the definition, but you're not hitting the vibe. Right. That part. The vibe. Sometimes you need sometimes vibes are are fruitless. Other times you need the vibe. You need the vibe. I think that's why, you know, um my my inclination was I need to talk this through with people that I know, you know, like not just strangers, you know, on a forum, on the internet. It's like I'm like, I know I know I know these two people. I want to have a conversation with them because I can get that vibe as well as the definition and their lived experiences and see if it somehow parallels mine. Listening to y'all talk about your experiences makes me think about how this compulsory like straightness that like this is how you're going to when you see somebody, you're going to be instantly attracted to them. You're your genitals are going to be like, oh, snap. Yes, let's get it in. No matter. And this is how it works. This is how it works every single time. If it don't work like that, that means it's not real. Like, and th that narrative is pushed into us in so many ways. And it's like, people are all so different. So it just makes me think of like, there's so many ways that we're, we don't even sometimes like our thought are not allowed to think through how we want to engage in romantic sexual relationships because we're just like sold these like bullshit white supremacist cis narratives about how shit is supposed to be and it's like who's what the fuck is that <laughs> but i did want to ask how has 
has stepping into this label helped you navigate your uh, romantic relationships or partnerships? And if it has, like, how has it helped? I think it's been, um, it's something that I talk about now when I feel like I am connecting with somebody on, like, if we're, we're dating and now I think I like you, so maybe you're going to stick around, then I'll, I'll talk about it. I didn't used to um talk about it because i didn't know it was a thing because my my thing really is i don't like people or like that so usually if if we're on a date and we go on more than one date after a certain point it's like okay i like you so there's no real reason to talk about it um but i will say as someone i'm not generally connected i'm pretty pretty much single gang usually um but when i find myself in some sort of relationship i do talk about it um when I find that we are having like conflict, like if we get into conflict and it's, it, it, it can shift the dynamic depending on the conflict, it can shift the dynamic. Cause if it feels like, if I don't feel safe anymore, if I don't feel like we have common ground, when we're trying to like rebuild the work, it's, it's it to me has felt a bit more of an uphill battle when it comes to now being physically attracted to this person again, because we were in a nice little groove. We had common ground. And now the kind of conflict that we had, it's like, I, I can still hang out with you. I can still love you and have a great time with you. But being um, interested in being physically, I think, romantic again sometimes presents challenges that I think it's helpful for the other person to understand where I'm coming from. You know what I mean? That it's not necessarily that I don't find them physically attractive it's just like it's gonna take me a while to warm up to that or even earlier at the start of quarantine I had like a digital relationship with somebody kind of like a really intense we talk every day we're sexting we're having fucking phone sex yada 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 um and then a few things happen and we just kind of fell off or whatever and this person has kind of shown up again they were always kind of around but they've shown up again and i feel nothing like they're a cool friend but i feel nothing we've seen all of each other's body parts i feel nothing for this person it's, it's even like like the attraction that i had to this person was the connection that we had and so now when i look at this person it's like i'm not attracted to this person I'm not like there's nothing it also sometimes it actually scares me because when you think about long-term relationships it's like you could end up with somebody who you're not really physically into but because you have such a great connection otherwise you end up in this thing with somebody and then at some point people change constantly right it's nothing wrong with that I think that for those of us who do monogamous shit and are into long-term shit, you, the expectation, I assume, I don't do that a lot, but the expectation is that you grow and you change like with that person, or you at least are comfortable with that other person's changes. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, you're down to adapt or whatever. And so sometimes I am afraid that if we no longer have common ground and I end up with somebody who is not an Adonis in my eyes or whatever, it's like, you don't, you're not going to look the same to me because we had common ground before. And that's a part of what I was sexually attracted to. And now, uh, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it, it's been helpful to have an understanding of like what all of that shit is so that I can talk about it with whoever my partner is or whatever and we can work through it that way because sometimes it's like okay we actually need to like start fresh and like get to know each other again and shit like that in order for me to find some type of common ground my heart is just bursting and I am so happy to be having this conversation <laughs> because like that has happened to me where I've gotten into relations with, relationships with people who I am not physically attracted to, but we had this connection and then that broke. And then I was just like, I don't know what we about to do, but ain't got no, we ain't got nothing to do at this point. Like there's just nothing. Um, when I came into this term and had this conversation with a Stephanie, that was in like 2019, right? A Stephanie? Um, and I had just ended a relationship in 2018, um, with someone I wasn't really physically attracted to and, you know, the connection broke and it was just a hot mess. Um, so I haven't been dating since. So I've actually recently returned into the dating world and I'm trying to figure out how am I going to navigate this? How am I going to figure this out? Um, so I like the point that, you know, I like how you have framed how you navigate and disclose to partners, uh, cause that feels a bit more helpful to to me like I've started telling people at 
at the onset of something but it's like it felt like it really didn't matter because if i like you i like you and we'll move forward if i don't you know then it there it is you know um like when did it the question that i've been mulling with is when does it become significant i guess you know like um because that's how the dating process really starts we get to know each other and at some point we like each other and keep going or at another point you know we're like look it's been cool but i'm not really feeling anything and i feel like that's for people even who aren't demisexual whether it's at the end of the first date or the end of the second date or whatever um typically you know so i felt like eh, it really doesn't really doesn't it didn't feel significant to disclose at that point yeah so now as jay was talking i realized that i not only did it feel like a broken pussy but i felt mentally i didn't feel normal i guess um because it would the the narrative that I was being fed didn't fit my my lived experience. Like I remember watching movies where couples would argue and then have like passionate makeup sex. I was like, that nigga yes, cannot that touch part. me. The fuck is the that? Fuck is that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, like how did we get have here? A V8 and go to bed. Like, I'm like, how did we get here? How? how? Like it just how it didn't. It it still doesn't make sense to me. Like I I know couples in real life who cannot stand each other but are still like very sexually to me and I'm like how are you having sex with like I just it didn't make no it doesn't make any sense to me I didn't understand it because once that once I feel unsafe once that connection is you know faltered in a sense it takes it's it's laborious to build back up like we have to work at this again um and that makes me concerned about my ability to like that made me question do i just have you know poor conflict skills or you know am i you know too sensitive or you know is it a fault of mine in the way that i navigate you know i have interpersonal skills um but it's like no if i feel unsafe that's it you know it's we're gonna have to work and shift back to that um and that also made me question if i had the ability for long-term relationships like i classify my relationship with my son's father as a long-term relationship based on time alone but about seven of those 10 years i didn't like that nigga so there was no relationship to me like it wasn't until we you know gave it one final go and that lasted about two or three years where i i felt passion in the relationship i felt spark in the relationship i felt connected in the relationship and i count that as our relationship um but even then at some point that connection faltered and the same things that i found attractive about him all 10 years disgusted me like just looking at him disgusts me now <laughs> like just there is nothing there will that and i think one of my mother's biggest fears is that we'll get back together and i have to constantly reassure her like no no sis it's not there's nothing there like there's there and as he continues to show his ass there's really nothing there but like there's nothing there we no longer had common ground as i grew one way and he grew another Okay, so that reminds me when I was in college. So when I was in college, I call it like the Drake generation because Drake was popular and he was doing a whole bunch of things. And I remember being in college and coming from Catholic school, like, you know, for half of my life. And, you know, when I was in Catholic school, people always tell you, like, you know, you want to get to know somebody to get married and then have sex. Like that was the that was the way we're supposed to do it. Right. And I kind of like that idea, right? I like the idea of getting to know somebody, right? But as I got older, I started to realize like, oh no, I would like to get to know somebody and then to be intimate with this person, you know, after I really get to know them, right? But when I was in college, I felt like I was, I was obviously, I was kind of whack, you know? Like I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to like navigate those spaces. Like I didn't know, like I was trying to get to know people. And so like, I decided to opt out out of the experience. I, like I was just like, nah, I can't do this. Like I can't. And a lot of the times what I'll do is that I would date in the city because like it made me slow down my pace like 150% because if somebody's in the city and I'm and, and, and I'm going to school away, people knew that like obviously we cannot be all up on each other, right? I had to see you, like I had to plan to see you. So it took a lot longer 
for me, it, it gave me more time to get to know somebody, right? Um, because I definitely remember being like, nah, like I'm just gonna just have fun and chill. And obviously, and you know, and, and obviously, and you know, and, and, and obviously like I definitely try to do some things here and there, but like, I just felt like, damn, I don't know about it. I don't know what I'm doing that's wrong, but I feel like something is wrong. And I thought for a long time it was because I had low self-esteem and it wasn't that. It was just because I didn't, I didn't have that connection. And I was like, oh shit, I'm Demi. That's why, that's, that's why shit isn't working. So I get that. Mm-hmm. I think it's all of that. I stopped having sex in college too. I had sex, I think freshman year in college, maybe. Yes. No, I had sex. I definitely had sex college freshman year. And then after that, I was like, you know, this seems like a lot. I'm just, and I wasn't even having that much sex with that many people. It was just like the politics of all of it. It's just, this is, this is, I got other shit to do this. I can't be, I can't be doing this the way that y'all do it. The way that we all have understand how this is supposed to go. This is not working for me. So I'm gonna just opt out. Y'all enjoy love, have a good time. And then I, you know, after I think I had been out of college for like a year or two, then I re-entered the sexual space. But I think it was a mixture of all of those things. Like even now, even now, and part of this is my politics and part of this is my demisexuality, I don't separate how I want somebody to treat me or what level of kindness or compassion I want I want them to treat me with, depending on the re- nature of the relationship. If we are fuck buddies, if we are in a situationship, if we are fully partnered, I expect the same level of kindness and compassion. And if I tell you somebody in my family died, I don't give a shit that we're just people who have sex sometimes. If we can't be friends, if you, you can't care about me, then I, I don't want to do this. You know what I'm saying? And so as an adult who's seen things, it's easier for me to assert myself and make those expectations of people now than it was for me when I was in college and we was all just out here reckless trying to figure out what is it okay? What's okay for me to say? What's okay for me to demand? What do I deserve? You know what I'm saying? And um, I feel like a part of that is politics. And I think a part of that is demisexuality because if I can't connect with you and have a common ground with you, then I don't want to have a fucking occasional sex with you anyway. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you have to be, I don't give a shit what you think we are or how much you think I don't matter or whatever. Like if we are connecting on any kind of relationship, sex level or whatever, regardless of what quote unquote level we're at, I expect the same treatment, you know? And I love that you brought that up, Stephanie, because those were my same, you know, quarrels. I feel like the world gaslights us and says, that's how everybody is socialized. You're just socialized to feel like you need to like someone before you can have sex with them. And I'm like, and you know, as I was working, you know, to be radicalized or whatever, to like decolonize myself, I felt like if that was the case, then I could easily, I should be able to easily shut it off and just have one night stands and just do this and just do that in the same way that I've been able, you know, to deconstruct fat phobia and deconstruct all these other things that I've been socially to do but I can't like I I, I I can't you know to the point where I it was three summers ago I think in 2018 uh, me and a friend had decided that we were going to have a threesome on this vacation so um, I have a specific take, taste in uh, masculine people and she's a bit more fluid so I was like All right, I'll choose the guy you know we'll we'll hook up we'll meet him whatever so found a guy gave him my address um but before it's like time time to get down to business i had to like sit this man on the couch ask him about his family does he have any kids what he do for work how many dogs he has like i needed that common ground like i needed i needed something in which we could connect to and he you know he was this family oriented like all these things that i like i was like, all right i'm good to go but she as soon as he walked through the door she was ready she was like all right so bedroom's that way and i was like you want a glass let's have a drink first like and i'm sure that's not how threesomes go for people because we had already discussed you know why he's coming here should bring condoms last like all these you know important factors so it i feel like 
the the idea of like as soon as he hits the door we're ready to go but i had like we had to sit down and had a little powwow for like 15 minutes before i could i was like all right let me i knew more about this man than i should have for this one sexual encounter you know in this other state like i've never spoken to him ever again but i know where he works i know where he lives i know that he has three you know seven siblings and three dogs like <laughs> i know that he loves his mama like all these things to 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 what Akua said about people assuming that like that's how we're supposed to like be like we're supposed to just that's that's what I was I said this off mic but I was thinking about uh how a lot of people attach their femphobia to their perception of demisexuality and it's like well you're a woman and that's how women women approach um dating and sexuality anyway based on all this like archaic shit or whatever well that's how you were socialized and that's what you were taught to do and whatever and it's like it's deeper than that like i've met masculine people who are demisexual i've met people outside of the realm of what you have decided a woman is who uh, you know move in this same kind of way and it's 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 bigger it's bigger than just like well, I want to wait. I want to get to know some. It's not really about a want. You know what I'm saying? It's not really about a want. It's just like, this is just how my body is set up. This is just like what it is. That makes sense because when it comes to that femphobia that you're talking about, that that's all about, it's so many things wrapped up about the control of women and femme people's sexuality, about what makes you a good woman, a good femme. You have to be this. You have to be. It's all about putting people in these boxes as opposed to the way that you're that it seems to me that you're all expressing talking about your demisexuality. You're like, no, actually, the boxes don't work. <laughs> this is how my body, how my how I feel, how it works. Like, why would I? This is not about control and about separating myself from others and saying that I'm better than or this or that or whatever. But people want to just people not listening. Clearly, <laughs> there's that. But also in the, there's also an element of femphobia that says you don't even know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you think you a, a femme presenting woman person or whatever? Why would you even think? that this doesn't have to do with the patriarchy and how you were taught to be. You know what I'm saying? Why would why are you even allowed to consider that there's something bigger here, there's something more to it than just who you were told to be? You are you a woman. Be the woman that everybody told you to be and stop like trying to make it special. Try stop trying to make it something that, you know, that I've decided that it's not because you're a femme woman. For me in my case, you're a femme straight woman. That's it, you know? Nah, I will. I will love to just like you know find someone attractive and be like Tuesday, Tuesday works for you. Great, I will love that. Right, but like that's just not. That's not the way my shit is lined up. And so like it, it. I always have to be like, is it? Is it? You have to always question the way I. It took me such a long time to get there, and that's why when the word, the term, the when I came to the term of demisex, I was like, oh, these are these are my people. I guess we wanted to ask you all about. How do you see demisexuality represented in the media and what are some common misconceptions or myths or ways that people like conflate demisexuality with other things that you see that are being perpetuated? I don't really personally, I don't, I haven't seen it a lot. I'm sure it exists, but I haven't seen it a lot. Usually, um, cause I know demisexuality falls under the ace spectrum. So I'll see asexuality um in media in different ways rarely but you know it's there or whatever i think the best and i actually connected to that a little bit i think the best representation that i have seen of asexuality which i don't claim to be asexual but i could there were pieces of it that i could relate to was um uh bojack horseman there was a character his assistant or friend on there was asexual oh yeah todd yes yeah todd <laughs> is asexual so um i thought that that was, i was like oh shit we're doing this we're talking about this so that was really cool but i haven't seen a lot of that um yeah i haven't seen it so i'll, I'll let somebody else say what they've seen I, I also would say I haven't seen a lot, but I don't consume a lot of media. Like my TV is on and it stays on TBS and the TV watches me. I don't watch it. But um, as as I was thinking about how to answer this question, I realized, so a show I watch often is The Big Bang Theory. Um, and now I'm, I'm like the wheels are turning in my head that Sheldon, who... Um, 
he would also qualify as demisexual in that he was repulsed by people for a long time until he met this partner, Amy, who he had this like, like he believed was his only intellectual match though. She became the only, she became the only, um, person that like could be in his space could be in his room could hold his hand could hug him um and then at some point they began a sexual relationship and even then he was like i will do this like once a year um but then they got married i think they were on their honeymoon to legoland and (laughs) i loved i i've used this in couples therapy because there came a conversation about them having sex more like he wanted to have sex more with her um and she was like oh really and yeah, they, they went back and forth, but also because of his rigidity, he needed to schedule sex, which didn't feel, you know, spontaneous or romantic to her. So they came up with this like solution that he would schedule it, but she wouldn't know. Like he would have a schedule, but she wouldn't know. But thinking about how he's progressed as a character in that relationship with Amy, I would definitely say that he would be a representation of demisexuality because he was like, I'm never going to be with nobody. People are nasty. People are, you know, yucky. He's also a germaphobe. But then Amy... Amy, like everyone was so surprised at how captivated, like how Amy captivated him and how they've grown, like to the point where he thought about marriage and procreating. And those are things he never thought about before. I love that. I I feel like sometimes I I haven't, I feel like I consume media. I do a lot, but I feel like I haven't. Yeah, me too. It's, I don't think it's a lot out there. Yeah. Like Demi representation that they'd be like, these people are Demi. Like this, this is a Demi person. Look here, Demi person. This is how... I feel like there hasn't been a conversation about it. But then again, like, I think media uh, is ran by, like, you know, white supremacists and stuff like that. So I feel like there's not a lot of conversations about a lot of things, right? Well, I mean, I guess just to wrap up, well, are there any resources that you found were helpful to you when you were learning about demisexuality that you would share with everyone? Um, I would share that episode where Stephanie was talking to Akua and the rest of the Interho Uprising <laughs> about demisexuality. I would share that. Um, I would share uh, Queer Walk does an episode. I don't remember, but they do an episode where they talk about demisexuality. They break it down. Um, who else? I think, I think I did an episode tea with queen and jay we did an episode on it i don't remember which one but we talked about it i think hearing people who have had who have lived experiences with whatever it is that you're like interested in is helpful it was it was really more helpful for me to hear people who had lived experiences with demisexuality and hear how they have been navigating the world and how it shows up for them even if it doesn't show up for them in the same exact way it shows up for me it's been helpful for me to listen to people talk about it in that way um, I would share all those similar <laughs> resources, but also uh, there's a couple of Instagram pages um, that I've been following now um, that seem to be spearheaded by people younger than me. <laughs> when I say young people, because Jay is technically my elder. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let me take a minute to find them. Um, so the first one is demisexual problems. That's at demisexual problems on Instagram. Um, and it just kind of highlights the problems us demisexuals face or encounter. Um, the other two are asexual. Um, this is a British asexuality activist. Her name is, um, Yasmin Benoit. Um, and her Instagram is at the Yasmin Benoit, B-E-N-O-I-T. Um, she has a lot of great information. And then the last one would be Asa at Asexual Love. It's another page regarding, um, aromantic and asexual people in the community. Um, so yeah, I would share those as well. Oh, I love that. I'm going to share there is this wonderful article by healthline.com i'm gonna share that i love they be they be they be hitting sometimes i'll be like y'all y'all did y'all research anytime i google something healthline like i got it for you a whole article like they're like here are the hyperlinks i'm not gonna alarm you like webmd but i'm gonna let you know what's going on i'm like right i'm not gonna call you out i'm gonna call you in Okay, and I'm gonna let you know. Yes. Like women, they be like, I'm gonna call you out. You dying? You dead? I'm like, what? Yeah, you're dying. <laughs> yeah, WebMD. Like, 
the energy <laughs> chills, Matt. Like chill, yeah. WebMD is selling coffins on the side. Like they are ready to put us in. Like why? Every time I come here, you're just like death. They death, know. They though. know what we came for. That? They know we want to be alarmed. <laughs> <laughs> but how fly? I'm like it might be this. It might be that. Consult your physician. I'm like yes. Thank you for giving me options and consoling me. Like, <laughs> Damn. So health Healthline really does this really great job of describing like uh demisexuality and just having actual like like and actually has like questions that they ask like oh is it this and they talk about like um asexuality uh gray uh gray sexual as well and they kind of talk about like you know how can like how everything kind of like goes hand in hand and how things work differently and kind of like it, it was like oh my god this is such a great article um also I will also recommend uh this website called demi demisexuality.org it is dot org so you know it's professional um <laughs> but they have a lot of information they talk about myths they talk about like uh like ideas like you know things that people uh, like misconceptions of it they talk about very deep 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 um things about demisexual of the definition that i use i believe was from demisexual demisexual.org i personally uh was like how do i describe it to people that kind of need more like oh like more information and like i don't have the time to do that but it describes like who can be demisexual it's like everybody but you know it kind of goes down and like you have questions if you need help with definitions or what things mean or like if if you actually have if you need questions or if your partner or someone you're with has questions they have a section for just your partners to kind of like read on so definitely recommend that website as well i feel like i've been on that website Maybe. <laughs> Go back into my... we do want to thank you both for being on the show Thanks we really appreciate us. you sharing yes and this is this was like a bomb ass conversation so thank y'all so much um can you tell people where they can find y'all and listen to your podcast and connect with y'all um yes i am uh if you want to find me on twitter or instagram i'm at janicia f j-a-n-i-c-i-a-f um i do the podcast t with queen and j podcast and you can find us on social media at t with qj um that's t-e-a with qj and that is on twitter and instagram um and you can listen to us wherever your favorite podcasts are played we are out there yes you guys can follow me at hey akua girl uh that's h-e-y-y-a-k-u-a-g-i-r-l on instagram I guess on Twitter, I don't really be there, but you can find me there. Um, <laughs> um, uh, for my podcast, In A Whole Uprising, at In A Whole Uprising without the G on Twitter, at In A Whole Uprising with the G on Instagram and Facebook. And you can listen to us anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcasts as well. Great. And if y'all didn't know, uh, collectively, we are in the BBB, which is the... <laughs> Bad Bitch Brigade, B, 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 the B, podcast B, B. brigade. You ain't know you need it, but you knew that that's you needed right, because right. are you listening to enough black women? I'm just All saying. Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so, yeah, check out uh, Tea with Queen and Jay and Inner Ho Uprising, uh, as well as Queer Walk and Marsha's Plate. Um, and yeah, give us all a listen. Yeah, and as always, you can check us out at bgladies.com for more information. And again, all of this information, all the articles and resources are going to be linked below in the notes. So you have more questions and things like that, take a look over there. And again, thank you again so much for coming to the show. This was thank so great. You. This was wonderful. Thank you. I loved it. I loved it. This was, this was fun. fun. I had such great. a good time.